blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, so glad you could join us here today for the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin with you, and thank you, everybody, for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that now also includes YouTube. So if you want to watch this episode instead of just listening to it, just head on over to YouTube, do a search for Locked On Islanders, and you'll see all of our recent episodes right there, and you can watch them at your leisure. Lots to talk about on today's show. The Islanders finally home after that long, difficult 13-game road trip to start the season. The UBS Arena, the long-awaited home of the Islanders, going to open this weekend with two games. First, the Calgary Flames on Saturday, then the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. We will preview both games, break it down for you, and uh, talk a little bit about what it means for the Islanders to finally be home. We also have uh, a couple of emails from listeners, which I'm happy to talk about, and we'll discuss the Islanders' move in now that they know the situation surrounding uh, Ryan Pulak. How are they going to handle it? We talked about that on yesterday's show. The Islanders answering that today, and we'll talk about that on today's show as well. First, wanted to update everybody on uh, also Josh Bailey's situation, but if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email the show, the email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So let's get to the transaction aspect of it first. Josh Bailey, still in COVID protocol, tested positive, and as of Thursday, Bales was still down in Florida, so looks unlikely that the longest tenured Islander will be joining the team for this historic home opener uh, unless he somehow tests negative and passes out of the protocol in the next few hours. Uh, Looks like Bales will be missing at least Saturday's game and possibly Sunday's game as well. We will wish uh, Josh Bailey a complete and speedy recovery from covid Hope he does not have a very serious case and that he can come back home uh, and rejoin the team as soon as possible. The other aspect of transactions, uh, we mentioned Ryan Pulak out four to six weeks uh, with a lower body injury and the Islanders had a number of options. Well, the option that Lula Amarillo and the Islanders chose, 
is bringing up Robin Sallow from Bridgeport. He was brought up uh, on a loan, on an emergency loan, and he will be available for this weekend's games. Now, whether or not he'll actually be in the lineup or whether he'll be the seventh defenseman, that remains to be seen. Um, And Barry Trotz has to make that decision at some point. But honestly, I I like this move. And I'll tell you why. Robin Sallow quite simply has earned it. And to me, it's a it's a no-risk or low-risk idea. Sallow is clearly, with two goals and eight points, the best defenseman that the Islanders have right now down in Bridgeport. So he was also, you know, played very well, made a good impression in training camp and in the preseason this year. Yes, it's not ideal conditions. He's going to be playing quite possibly on his opposite side, uh, you know, the the left-handed shot on the right side. But you know what? If it doesn't work out, look, the conditions are not perfect. But when are they, realistically? Perfect. They're not. If it doesn't work out, if the kid can't handle it, then... Sallow learns, hey, I got more work to do. He goes back to Bridgeport. They make another move, bring up somebody else or acquire somebody else and, you know, see what happens. But because Sallow is playing so well down in Bridgeport and really has earned this opportunity, I think that it's the right move to make. It also tells your players, hey, down in Bridgeport, you play well and an opportunity comes up, you will be rewarded. And uh, let's see what Robin Sallow has. Again, I think he will be in the lineup come at least one of the two games this weekend, but we'll see what Barry Trotz has in mind. But the Islanders do make that move. And uh, here's what Trotz had to say, by the way, about Sallow. From all reports out of Bridgeport, and then what we saw of him out of preseason, He is a guy that is deserving of at least an opportunity. Matthew Barzal adding, a super smart D-man who moves really well, has great hands. I think he has a great IQ for the game. It's going to be nice to see him up with us. Hopefully, he gets in the lineup. The Islanders also, by the way, had on Thursday their first ever practice at the UBS Arena. That was exciting. And, And look, One thing that you do have to keep in mind as of right now, this home ice advantage that, you know, most teams have, it's going to take a little time for the players to learn the ins and outs of the arena. One of the things that home ice advantage gives you is, you know, the boards, how the puck reacts off the boards, off the posts. Uh, You sort of know the little ins and outs of your home rink. Well, the Islanders really won't know that And it'll take a little time. Now, 16 of the next 21 games are at the UBS Arena. That certainly will help. And I would say after the first five or six games, this team will start to have a home ice advantage. And I think that is a a really good thing to look forward to. And great to see them taking the ice. It was was funny. You know, there was a a video making the rounds on YouTube that uh, a couple players were doing rock, paper, scissors to see who would be the very first player to take the ice during the very first practice at the UBS Arena. So that was kind of a funny, cute little little video that was making the rounds. By the way, uh, Robin Sallow will wear number two 
for the New York Islanders when he comes up. So uh, if you see number two out there over the weekend, you'll know that is Robin Sallow. We have got a lot more to discuss. We have a couple of emails from listeners to get to. We'll preview both of this weekend's games, and we have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that still to come on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Let me tell you something. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. But most Built Bars are only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and they pack plenty of protein. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, and all the flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry, and if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. We'll have new surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. And coming up soon, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So let's uh, get to some listener emails right now. And uh, the first one is from Phil on Long Island. He writes, Hi, Gil. I have a question and wanted to know your thoughts. It's often been said that by Thanksgiving, teams and their position in the standings are generally where they will be by the end of the season. With Thanksgiving being next week, do you think this will hold true for the Isles? Or do you think that their unusual road schedule for their season start due to the UBS arena being completed would make this not apply. Great podcast as always. Let's go Islanders. Phil from Long Island. Phil, thank you for the email and for the kind words. I certainly do appreciate that. I think that the 13-game road trip does make you take this start that the team is having with a grain of salt. I don't think that, you know, if this team is at or around 500 at Thanksgiving, and they have three games to go, and they're one point under NHL 500 right now. That is not, in my mind, indicative of what kind of a team this is. And look, the Islanders last year were below 500 on the road and very, very good at home. And if they, even if they match, you know, that 500 on the road or a little below 500 on the road. They now have 41 home games left uh, and 28 road games. And that will give them an advantage and an opportunity to make up some ground. And I just think this is an unusual set of circumstances. And the Islanders, you know, if they had even just five out of their 13 games at home and they went, let's say, 3-1-1, you know, you increase the point total and, and... You know, yes, the Islanders are in eighth place in a very competitive metropolitan division, but, you know, they're not that far away from getting right back into the thick of things. So, yes, I think that I would take it all with a grain of salt and give the Islanders, I would say, at least two more weeks to show that they're a better team than their 13-game road start to the season 
would indicate. Uh, have another email right now, Jacob from Liberty University. He writes, with Ryan Pulak being injured for a good amount of time, who do you think, uh, do you think that Lou is going to try to work out something via trade? Also, talking about trades, what early opinions do you have on the trade deadline? Final question, do you think UBS is able to recreate that Coliseum atmosphere? After looking at pictures, the ceiling is low, but the lower bowl is nowhere near as steep, and I think it is too wide. Thanks, Jacob from Liberty University, and of course, he writes, let's go Islanders. Jacob, thank you so much for the email. Uh, look, we know right now that uh, Robin Sallow will get the first chance to be the replacement for Ryan Pulak. I think what Lou Lamorello is going to do, he always says, if you have time, use it. That's one of his favorite sayings. And I think that basically, if Sallow doesn't work, you may see uh, another player called up to try to fill that void. And, and, and if they try two or three different players and none of them can really fill the void, then and only then do I think Lou Lamorello looks for a trade route, unless he can find something a player at a reasonable price who's not going to break the salary cap and who's not going to cost them too much in the way of draft capital or another player. You know, maybe he pulls the trigger, but I think we're at least a week away from seeing that. As far as the trade deadline goes, again, do they need another puck-moving defenseman? We'll see. Maybe Salo fills that void. Uh, and then the other thing is still the sniper. This team is still struggling to score goals. We're still a few months away from the trade deadline, but I think it is very realistic to expect that Lou Lamorello will make some kind of move depending on where this team is. As for the UBS arena, replicating or recreating that Coliseum atmosphere, I think that it will have aspects of the Coliseum atmosphere. The low ceiling should make it noisy like the Coliseum was, and of course the Islander fans will make it noisy. Uh, if the lower bowl is not steep enough, then that m will more affect the sight lines than anything else. Uh, but we have to see. And until tomorrow, nobody is really going to know. I'll tell you this, though, uh, Jacob, we will keep an eye on it. I will be talking to fans and interacting with fans and reading what they have to say on social media. And uh, we'll see. But I think over time... It'll take aspects of that Coliseum atmosphere and, of course, incorporate its own flavor and its own personality. And eventually, by the end of this season, we will have a UBS Arena culture going for the New York Islanders and their fans. And we just sort of have to see exactly what that's going to be. What we do know, however, is that the first game at the UBS Arena will feature the Calgary Flames. And that is not an easy opponent Calgary 8-3-5 on the season. Uh, they actually are playing, as I'm recording this, on a Thursday night, and they're up big on the Buffalo Sabres, so look for Calgary to go to 9-3-5. And, and the main reason behind Calgary's success right now is their defense and their goaltending. They are second in the league with just 34 goals against, and, and Jakob Markstrom, uh, has a 1.82 goals against average and a 9.38 save percentage. In 12 games, he already has four shutouts. That is outstanding. And Dan Vladar, his backup, uh, 
similar numbers, a 1.96 goals against average and a 9.33 save percentage, and he has a shutout already. So you already can see that this team has very, very strong defense and that the Islanders will be challenged to score, especially since the Islanders have been struggling offensively. Uh, eighth in goals scored, second in goals against. You know, this is a tough, talented team. And even their special teams, the power play comes into Thursday's action 10th in the league with a 22.4% uh, conversion rate. And they're killing off 86.8% of opposing power plays. They are 5th in the league on the PK, which means it'll be a challenge for the Islanders' struggling power play to get something going against the Flames. Elias Lindholm right now, 17 points in 16 games, leading the team in that category. Johnny Goudreau has 16 points right behind him. Matthew Kachuk, 7 goals and 12 points. And Andrew Mangiapane, 10 goals. That leads the team in that category. You look at the line combinations right now for the Calgary Flames. Lindholm centers Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk as the top line. Michael Backlund is the second line center with Blake Coleman and Andrew Mangiapane on either side of him. Sean Monaghan, the third line center. Dylan Dubier and Tyler Pitlick are on his sides. And the fourth line, Brad Richardson, is the pivot. Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis are the wingers. On defense, Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson are the top pairing. Chris Tanev and Oliver uh, Killington, the middle pair. And then Nikita Zadorov and Eric Gabranson are the third pair. Goaltenders, Markstrom and Vladar, as we mentioned. And I'll tell you this, right now, the Calgary Flames are a very healthy hockey team. Then Saturday for the second, ever, uh, Sunday rather, for the second ever game uh, at the UBS Arena, it'll be the Toronto Maple Leafs coming in. Now for the Maple Leafs, this will be uh, the second game of a back-to-back as Saturday they are hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. Toronto also in action right now. They are leading the Rangers late in the second period as we speak in the Maple Leafs. Well, let's just say uh, they're on a little bit of a winning streak right now, a hot team that is playing very well. Jack Campbell has been the starting goalie, and he's on fire. Better numbers even than the Flames goaltenders. 9-3-1 on the year, but a 1.68 goals against average and a 9.43 save percentage. Three shutouts in 13 starts for Campbell. He's been on fire William Nylander leads the team with 16 points in 17 games, followed by some guy named John Tavares, that's right, with 15 points in 16 games. He leads the team with eight goals. Mitch Marner, four goals and 15 points. Austin Matthews, always dangerous, seven goals, 14 points. And you go up and down this lineup, this is a dangerous, dangerous team, especially offensively. Uh, The amazing thing Right now, 12th in goals scored, 16th in goals against. But again, special teams, very important. And they are 6th in the league on the power play, cashing in one out of every four times they have the man advantage. And 3rd on the PK, 87.5% success, killing opposing penalties. We look at the lineup combinations. 
Top line is Austin Matthews with Nick Ritchie and Mitch Marner on either side of him. Tavares is the second line pivot. Alexander Kerfoot and William Nylander are his wingers. On the third line, David Kemp centers Pierre Engvall and Andre Cachet. Uh, Jason Spezza is the fourth line center with uh, Michael Bunting and Wayne Simmons on either side of him. There is depth there. That's a veteran, experienced fourth line. Morgan Riley and TJ Brody, the top defense pair, Jake Muzzin and Justin Hole are the second pairing with Rasmus Sandin and Travis Dermott being the third pairing. Jack Campbell and Joseph Wohl are the goalies. Right now, they are without Peter Mrazic, their backup goalie, and Ilya uh, Mikheyev. He is on the IR. So two big games coming up. Looking forward to the festivities before the first puck drop. And I'll tell you, this is going to be a special and memorable weekend for the Islanders and their fans. And we will, of course, be back on uh, Monday to tell you all about it and have the key takeaways from both games, as we always do. This episode is brought to you by your friends at betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball and hockey season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. So yes, Uh, betonline.ag will give you 50% welcome bonus, free money to bet on site because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we're going to go back uh, uh, to a a goalie who was only briefly a New York Islander. Saturday will be the 55th birthday for former Islanders netminder Tom Draper. Draper originally drafted by the original Winnipeg Jets in the eighth round of the 1985 NHL entry draft, spent four productive years at the University of Vermont, and made his NHL debut in 1988-89 with Winnipeg, went on to play for Buffalo, and then joined the Islanders, Uh, played seven games for the Isles back in 1993-94, had a 4.23 goals against average and an 864 save percentage on some teams that were battling for a playoff berth but didn't, you know, barely made it in. Uh, as the final seed that year. Later returned briefly uh, to the Winnipeg Jets in 1995-96 before finishing his career in the minor leagues and in Europe. For his career, Draper had 53 NHL games, a 3.70 goals against average, and an 8.77 save percentage. But we're going to look at his best game with the Islanders, October 29th, 1993 at the old Thunderdome down in Tampa. Islanders taking on the Lightning. And uh, obviously, Tom Draper is the goaltender for the Islanders. While uh, Tampa 
goes with Pat Jablonski in goal to start this one off. And the Islanders fall behind early. Tim Berglund gets his first from Brian Bradley and Roman Hammerlick just 235 into the game. And it's one to nothing. Tampa Islanders trailing. Goal coming just a few seconds after a penalty to Darius Kasparitis expired. But the Islanders get back into the game later on in that first period. Tom Curvers, his third from Marty McGinnis at 13.09, evens the game at one. And then Derek King gives the Islanders the lead, his sixth from Steve Thomas and Pierre Turgeon at 15.46. Islanders up two to one after one period. In the second, only one goal scored, and it was scored by the Islanders. Derek King, his second of the game, seventh of the year. Rich Pilon and Pierre Turgeon with the assist at 654. 3-1 Islanders after 40 minutes. In the third, the Islanders add to their lead with Dennis Savard in the box for high-sticking. Ray Ferraro takes advantage, scores on the power play. His fourth from Benoit Hogan, Tom Curvers at 740. Pat Elinuk scored with 12 seconds left in the third period. His third from Brent Gretzky, Wayne's brother, and Roman Hammerlick. Final score in this one, Islanders 4 and the Tampa Bay Lightning 2 for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Tom Draper, 26 saves in 28 shots faced, while the Islanders uh, only had 19 shots on goal and yet still managed to score four times. So again, a very happy uh, 55th birthday for Tom Draper. Saturday will be his birthday, and we wish him all the best and many happy more. Once again, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Folks, enjoy this weekend. It will be historic. The Islanders opening their new arena, having the first two games there. Let's hope that the home cooking benefits this team and helps them bounce back and end this four-game losing streak. We'll have all the key takeaways from these two games and a whole lot more on Monday's show. Stay safe, everybody. And of course, let's go Islanders.